Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels and a Face podcast. This episode will consist of myself, Charlie Vale, at Chuck underscore Colorado on Twitter, and Chris, our lucha expert. He is also known as just another pro wrestling fan on Twitter and a friend of mine. And we attend many, many AAW shows together. If you're unfamiliar, AAW is a local promotion here in Chicago, and they mostly run out of three locations a venue in Logan Square, Berwyn, which is a west suburb of Chicago, and then also in Marionette Park, which is a south suburb on the south side of, of Chicago. So we go to a lot of their shows. We have a blast. We're very blessed that AEW is our local promotion and our kind of our home promotion. They bring in a ton of talent. So anything maybe negative or critical that you might hear in this podcast, just know it's very nitpicky because AEW does a fantastic hell of a job. So we're going to be reviewing The Art of War, which is their show that took place on February 17th, 2017. And we'll also talk about how we got into AEW in general from the start. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello, Chris. Thank you for joining the podcast today. How are you? What is up? Nothing much, yeah. man. It's it's a beautiful day out. It is a nice day in Chicago, Illinois. We haven't not had one of those <laughs> in, in some time. Right, right. And uh, kind of winding down from uh, that um, that great show last night. Yes. Uh, you know? Coming down from it. So let's talk about AEW. We're both local to the Chicago area. Let's... Intru- or tell me about how you were introduced to AEW and how you kind of stumbled upon it. Yeah, so I heard of AEW. I want to say it was it was through a friend, and it was like because of a tweet of some sort. Yeah. Um, this was when I was coming back around into you know getting back into wrestling, and and I had never checked out the the locals, you know, local promotions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got we saw a friend of mine. Uh, he's the one who, like he sent me the tweet. He's like, hey, bro, so more Joe's coming. And I had heard of uh, Samoa Joe. I didn't right. know who he really was, but I'm like, I'm down. Like it's it Berwin. It was at a Berwin Eagles club. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and tickets were like thirty bucks front row or something like that, maybe twenty. Um, cheap. Yeah, so it was like, all right, let's go. We went, and I was, uh, I think it was an Art of War 20, 2014, 2015 probably. Uh, it was Samoa Joe versus, uh, I. He's a Canadian guy. He just had like issues with his visa not long ago. Really? Uh, the Walking Weapon. Oh, Alexander, Josh yeah. Alexander. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, so yes. they were the main event, um, and I, I didn't know anybody else. I think we were just there for for Samoa Joe, um, and ever since then, bro, I've been hooked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I probably since then I missed a few, mm-hmm. but uh, during the last year, like I think I have not missed a show. I think we were talking about that uh, yesterday. I said that mm-hmm. to you where not a LaSalle show because they've expanded into LaSalle, but I think right. every show. Berwyn or <laughs> Marionette Park. Uh, I, I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, you see the, you know, the quality increases every time. Like yep. uh, I was telling you, like, even when I think the card is like, eh, you know, I'm just going to go because I support AEW and I like independent wrestling, whatever. Right. Um, you still walk out as like, that was a fucking good show. Yes. Yes. And 2016 was my first AEW show. Uh-huh. Um, it was the Berwyn Eagles Club. I believe it was Homecoming, March. right? Yeah, it was Homecoming, mm-hmm. correct? And Mick Foley was there. And this is, I, I just started watching Lucha Underground, I want to say, mm-hmm. season two. And uh, 
Ricochet, who was Puma, and right. Jack Evans was on the card. And I'm not sure if that's when they just started bringing in like Lucha Underground talent, but I looked on this card and I knew I wasn't too familiar with the indie scene. I've thus gotten more familiar. This is basically a year mm-hmm. later now when we're recording this, but I knew the Lucha guys. I knew Mick Foley, obviously. Right. And there was like maybe one uh, one or two other guys that I knew from just other promotions, and then. I actually was in line with you, but we didn't know that. We, right. we didn't know each other at the time, but I was standing right We knew right of next. each other, but right. we didn't know each other. Right, right, right. Exactly. Which but, is um, funny. Yeah, like that. And, and I always bring up that, you know, that show. It's when... Uh, so I had seen Drew Gulak probably in, like, previous three or two AEW shows before that. And to mm-hmm. me, it was like, he wasn't a match opener. He wasn't really, like, you know, steady guy on the card or somebody that I would actually gravitate to. Right. But uh, that day he went against Fitchit. Yes. And that was like wrestling 101 and more, right? Like, like he, I, I became a fan of Gulak that day. Exactly. I think like, we were talking about mm-hmm. that too. And Gulak probably used 25 submissions. Like, we, and, and you would yeah. see Gulak and he would come out like he's not, you know, flashy or anything. He can have, you know, now with WWE, he has that, you know, silver cape or whatever he wears. And the space like, boots. In the space boots, right. Yeah. Like, like the his boots were ripped. I don't know if you remember. I'm not sure what his boots like. Like, there were black ripped boots. Like, really? You know, you would see, like, duct tape over them. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, I always reference that match as one of the, the, the greatest things I've watched and in AEW just from a pure wrestling uh, standpoint. Yeah, and that was so that was my first show and probably maybe the first match. They might have did a dark match before that, but, or not a dark match, but a, like a tryout. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they do those tryout yeah. matches with guys you know, never heard of. But that was, the. I couldn't have asked for a better introduction then into what AEW like stands for and the type right, of it was, talent uh, they bring in. It was Callahan versus... Um, what's his name? Uh, Ricochet, right? Yes, it was so Callahan versus was, Ricochet in the main event. You mm-hmm. can't ask for anything better than no, that. No, <laughs> I can't. I, I've never seen anyone more athletically talented in the ring than Ricochet. Yeah, he's 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 something else. And then Callahan is somebody that it's a, obviously a constant in in uh, in AEW. He's the the champion or whatnot, but mm-hmm. like championship or not like you just can't miss a match of his like there he's great in ring out in the pro when he cuts his promos yep uh video packages like he has it all like like i'm glad to see this this sammy callahan not what i caught in nxt yes the salmon crow right i think he mm -hmm. and he's touched on this in the cole cabana podcast which i'm pretty sure that Mm -hmm. you've listened to yeah where he's on it but he really found himself again, and he has so much momentum right now, like everywhere on the indie scene. It, we're really we we're blessed that we get to see a lot of his good stuff yeah. right now because he might. Chris Hero went back. Sammy Callahan might go back. I, 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 I think I think in that Cole Cabana contact podcast, it sounded like if he was given the chance, he would, and he would just do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So I think we should just appreciate that we get to see him wrestle a bunch of different people every different show and right. and uh, well i mean right now he's with uh with underground as well mm-hmm. so we'll see where that goes i, I don't think they have guaranteed a, a fourth season no no i haven't heard anything like it's official like i even saw a couple days ago that vampiro is going to be working directly with uh triple a in mexico so i don't okay. know what happens with with that okay um 
I mean, at least for now, we got Lucha Underground on Netflix coming soon, so... Yeah, season one and two. Yeah. I gotta dive right into that. Yeah, and, and season three, I believe, is on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't know, if you don't have LRA Network, I know that's something a lot of people struggle with, is just getting yeah. LRA Network, and that's probably why it hurts so, uh, them. So, an unknown, unpopular uh, service app um, that you could get to get LRA Network, it's called Fubo TV. How do you spell that? It's F-U-B-O... TV. Okay. Um, and it's nine ninety nine a month. Um, if you like soccer as much as I do, like that was that that's how I found out about the app. Right? Okay. Because they have a bunch of soccer channels that you could you know Fox, right? Being sports, whatever. Um, so I was paying for the service, and then one day I was like, wait, this is El Rey Network on here, so I get a two for one. Like I get to watch all my soccer, and then I also get El Rey Network, and it also has a DVR option that. You could record the episodes and they'll save it for like 48 hours. That's great. Yeah, and that's... I was looking in the Sling TV before you told me about iTunes. And Sling TV has the option for LRA Network, but I don't know if you can record. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'd have to turn on Sling TV when the well, episode yeah. is on. Like, every, mm-hmm. I think, Wednesdays is, mm-hmm. it's on. So... That was a little bit of a turnoff for me, but I'm just probably gonna spend money to get it on iTunes mm-hmm. and just binge that. I know yeah, I, about I watched the. Yeah, I think I I actually bought season three because I wasn't for some reason Wednesdays are one of the busiest days for me, so I don't okay. get to to watch it uh, when it was going on live. So um, I ended up just like I was so behind, and mm-hmm. I just ended up buying the season on, on iTunes. Right, and then you can watch so, it anytime. Yeah, when you have time, mm-hmm. it's there. It's perfect. Great. So. Let's get into the show that we saw yesterday. Okay. AAW, The Art of War. Today is February 18th, 2017. We went to the show last night, the 17th. And expectations coming in the show. What did you think? Um, so immediately, I was, um, and I think I was talking to, uh, to Jim, and we both agreed on the same thing. Like, there was not, not a title shot. Like, no one was getting a title shot. It was going to be... Uh, the main mm-hmm. event was going to be this uh, three-on-three. Yeah. Um, there was no uh, singles uh, match with Callahan, right? Like, we were just talking about him and how he's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I'm not going to get to see him, you know, go one-on-one and go ape shit on everybody. But, um, but yeah, that, that was that was a disappointing thing like, for me. I was like, I, I wanted to see a one-on-one. Right. I know he had just wrestled um, Congo Kong in LaSalle, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he won. Um, I don't know the logistics. I don't know if it was like you know the color cult came in and whatnot, but I know King uh, Kongo Kong like had a like a thirty-two match winning streak. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Um, I didn't know how they were gonna play that out. So right. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. But um, what what happens? Because we had we didn't see Kongo Kong last night. No, we did not. Um, I was super excited about um, Hijo del Fantasma, which is uh, King Cuerno and Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched much much of his uh, his father's wrestling, you know, back in the day, but not him as much. I knew about him, okay, and I really got to see him perform as King Cuerno during the Lucha Underground right. um, season. So I was super excited about that, and I'm always excited to see Loki. So Loki is a, is a wrestler that I had I didn't know much about. Mm-hmm. Like I knew he existed, and he had like some injuries or whatnot. Yeah, and he like. Uh, he just showed up in AEW. I want to say about you know four to five shows ago. Right, as a as surprise. A surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Was it him versus Callahan? The the surprise or who was? It was it was 
I'm not sure what they call themselves, but it was Homicide Kingston, and then their third man was Loki. Versus, oh, that's right, that's uh, right. The Killer Call. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what do they call themselves? I like, I can't remember. Oh, I'm not sure what they call yeah. themselves. No. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and like Loki to me was like okay, so I saw him in a suit. He and he was fast, and it's like it was it was something very different. So automatically, I'm like, all right, him versus Loki. Uh, you know, King Cuerno, Hijo de Fantasma versus Loki. I thought yeah. it was going to be, you know, a show stealer. Um, so it was like, in my expectation level from one to five, um, mm-hmm. I was, a, you know, I had a, a 3.5. I'm like, it's going to be good. Right. And it's AW, so I'm not going to be disappointed, you know. Um, but yeah, what was your your expectation going so, in? So before I say it to your point, mm-hmm. when you usually, usually you say 3.5s could turn into fives, right? Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. Like it was a good 3.5. Um, my expectations were, I'd say, like right, right around the same. Like, I know that there has been, I guess you want to say, more stacked cards, just yeah. in terms of wrestlers with rep- higher reputation. And, but, and, and sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. when you said about, you know, there's been cards that, like, more stacked cards, like, bro, like, there, there has been times that the card is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, we're spoiled. Yeah, yeah we're too spoiled with AEW. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of those guys actually just recently went to, to, to uh, at WWE or right. NXT. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess when that happened, like your Gargano, your Champa, your um, well ZSJ is still around, but um, Ali, people like that, like it, Chris Hero, yeah, exactly, Hero. There's gonna be you're gonna have kind of almost that reboot period, mm-hmm. which is kind of what they're, I, and I wouldn't say they're in that, but just the cards when you first look at them don't, uh, you know, just automatically like send you into a, a markout spiral, yeah. but. Um, so I'd say mine was right around the same, but I just hadn't been the. I'm, I'm, I was always the show's always landing. <laughs> I know every time you text me, I say I'm traveling, but which I kind of am. But uh, well, only once was out of the country. The mm-hmm. times it was random. I was in like Milwaukee or something, but they've always been landing on really bad dates. So I just hadn't been to one in a while. So I was just happy to really go. And then I knew we we went with like a crew this time. Yeah. So it was Jim who's. Uh, to, uh, part of two heels in a face. Myself, you, you had friends. I had a friend, Greg right. Tony, who's and, been uh, on the podcast. So have um, so the out of the people that we went with, do you know like if we had first timers? Well, I mean, Jim came with a, a couple of people. The couple of those guys, maybe not, maybe all of them were first timers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the the show previous to this one, um, you know, we we took you know we're like we're gonna do GA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's anywhere you sit is a good spot. Um, I came out with I ended up buying 10 tickets Wow So um, okay. And this is just me Like you know Because people You know my friends Like you know They're like yeah I support your Wrestling craziness But I'm not gonna get in it um, <laughs> But the fact that it's at Bourbon Street And uh, we've yeah. been to Bourbon Street before They enjoyed it It's like well Let's watch wrestling And have a drink Or whatnot. Right um, So I had a bunch of First timers um, and now, like, I have a group of friends that are, they're like, okay, well, we'll come out with, you know, to, to the AEW shows. Like, this yeah. is good. So now they're turning into regulars. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. We're spreading the love yeah. of AEW <laughs> and wrestling. That's awesome. So we we both had moderate expectations. Mm-hmm. So let's get into just breaking down the matches. And we don't have to spend a ton of time on all of them. Uh, right. We can just say a few, a few different things. But, and then we can talk about the ones that we really, really liked. So the first match was... Best friends versus besties in the world. So best friends is Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, correct? Uh-huh. 
And then the besties in the world are Matt Fitchett and Davey Vega, former AEW Tag Team Champions. What are your thoughts on that? What were your thoughts on this match? Um, so I didn't know these guys were best friends. Like, I didn't know how they, they, they were going to come out with that. Um, even though it says it on the card, I, I didn't pay attention to it. I just looked at their faces. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I didn't know they were a tag team. Um, are they a tag team anywhere I else? don't know. I didn't know. Uh-huh. I'm assuming yes, because if you usually have a tag team name, you've tagged somewhere before. Right, but mm-hmm. pe- usually when people are tagging against, you know, Vega and Fitchit, uh, you know, they'll they'll come they'll make you know gimmick names or whatever just for that one match. Oh, maybe then um, they did then. That's but I mean, question. they they had a whole uh, performance where like you know, the, after a certain amount of moves, they'll hug each other or they'll do yeah. you know best friend like things mm-hmm. in the match, which it was pretty cool. I didn't know the la- the only other time I had seen uh, is it Trent his name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was at uh, Win the City Classics. He went against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, so other than that, I had seen a few New Japan matches of his. Okay. So I'm like, all right, he, he's, he's good. Like, I know what I'm mm-hmm. going to get. Uh, but with this combination with, with Chucky e. T, like, I think that was um, that was pretty cool. I, I was entertained by it. And yeah. I, I, I do love the besties. <laughs> there, yeah, Davey Vega is extremely entertaining. You knew that they were going to work in some comedy just because mm-hmm. Chuck Taylor and Vega are in this match, and I, I actually, I actually thought they were going to. So the uh, the best friends won. Mm-hmm. The best friends won, and Vega. They're doing their they're doing the heel and face tag team, yeah. right? They were doing the Cesaro and Sheamus before Cesaro and Sheamus were yeah. doing their thing. Uh-huh. So Vega obviously tried to. I'm not sure he tried to do a move and he messed up and put Fitchett and compromised him, put him in an awkward spot. And, then and it, it, this is, I think this is true. This is a buildup because it, it has happened before many times. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, yeah, because then even like Vega will do the the tag team with Silas Young. Uh, during an event, because uh, I can't remember the storyline, but yeah, it's building to a to a KO and Jericho. It is breakup. Yeah. It really is. Um, I really like this team because. Here, if I had to say I love AEW, if I had to have one criticism, I would say that there's not enough long-term, there's not enough in-ring storytelling, and there's not enough long-term storytelling. Okay. That's and I know it's different with an indie promotion. You're not on TV every week mm-hmm. like Raw, so you can't. So, but I feel like this is one of the this is one of the maybe only existing really long stories in AEW. Like, I feel yeah. like they have been doing this. They've been doing it well, Fitchett and Vega, for a while. Like, they were a tag team, then they won the titles, and they dropped the titles. And you're and right. Now, and now it's the breakup phase. Exactly. Now it's the breakup phase. So, actually, Greg Piatoni, who is our New Japan pro wrestling connoisseur, consultant, uh-huh. on two was in a face, he really wants them to break up. And I thought it was going to happen, yes, last mm-hmm. night. But he really wants a Fitchett singles push into like the Heritage Division really, really bad, which okay. I think is earned. So I thought that was going to happen. It didn't. I was still very entertained. I would not mind them. I, w- I would, I would, I would, either way, but I think that I would love if they went into the breakup phase more, like you were saying, uh-huh. and just continued out that storyline. But the ending has to be good. If the ending is not great and then Fitchett doesn't, I think Fitchett should benefit from it, even though I really like Vega, then I'm going to be a little disappointed. But I like how this is just consistently building on each other yeah like like show after show yeah yeah that's that was it, it was a good match it was entertaining and like we'll see what where, where the story goes after this right right 
so next was DJ Z, who I found out actually is a DJ. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. either. I knew, like, I watched a little bit of uh, TNA stuff, and he does. I've seen him. Okay. But I thought it was part of the gimmick. I didn't know he was a DJ DJ. Mm-hmm. So, funny story. Greg, again, I'm mentioning him. Uh-huh. I sat next to him the whole show. So yeah, yeah, talking yeah. To, And you. Uh-huh. But um, Greg, no, we know a DJ named DJ Mark E. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Mark wouldn't mind me saying this on the podcast. That's why I'm saying it. But DJ Mark E. And he does uh, Bulls and Sox games. He okay. does um, the music, you know, at timeouts mm-hmm. and things like that. So, promotional stuff. So, DJ Mark E. knows DJ Z, who actually is a DJ. Fun fact. Oh. Yeah. And then he wrestled Connor Braxton, who came out with Scarlet. Who and he didn't come out with the board, with the I hoverboard. <laughs> I know, dude. Where I was we... waiting for the the music, the, the hoverboard, but um, apparently they dropped uh, what's his name, Machete. Machete, yeah, yeah. Disappointing, no hoverboard. Mm-hmm. But because gonna... <laughs> the song just goes perfectly. Uh huh. Yeah, the, they, they, see they see me roll. Right. And... Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, this was match was fine. DJZ is really athletic. Braxton was a great base for him to jump on. So Scarlet, like I'm I'm confused about her, right? Like she's been of LA for a while. Like mm-hmm. she she's been in that, you know, machete, Bax, uh Braxton and her, like they've been a team. Right. Um she don't wrestle much. She got that, you know, one one off match in Raw a couple of weeks ago. Well probably about a month that ago. That was now. her, wasn't it? Yeah. She got did she get squashed? Yeah. By, by yeah, Jax. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. so she had that, um, and it was like it was the Raw right before last month's AEW show. Okay. So um, you know when she came out, did a whole promo about yes, it's me from Raw, whatever, and so she got introduced as you know Scarlet from Raw. Last, oh, that's last night. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, why isn't she wrestling? Like, AEW lacks women wrestling, like women's wrestlers. Like, they had Candice as a constant because Gargano was there as a constant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, they had uh, the two the two girls that went up to NXT. Kimber and Heidi. Right. And mm-hmm. it was usually a Kimber and Heidi, Kimber, and, like, you know, it was just them three, Candice, Kimber, and Heidi, and then Jessica Havoc once in a while. Right. Um, but now, like, we didn't have a women's wrestling match. No, we didn't. And I think that's another criticism, yeah. if, if I had to say. And I, believe me, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not trying to be a smart here. Like, I, mm-hmm. we both love AEW, but we're also, oh, no one's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that they, well, they don't even, they use Shimmer's title on their shows. Shimmer's right, women's right. title. Mm-hmm. But they don't even, they don't have their own women's title. And I feel like they, now they don't have a division. So, and I feel in the past... The women's matches, especially, have lacked any real direction. Yeah, it's just kind of been thrown together. I mean, they, they were trying. They they tried, I guess. I'll give them credit on you know building a storyline that was gonna be a bit uh, lengthier. Um, when uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, not Candice. I would think Candice, but it's not Candice. Um, Heidi and Kimber. Kimber, right? Yeah. So Kimber turns on Heidi. Uh, during the Wednesday City Classics, and it was supposed to be a long feud after that, but then they got called up. Um, so then they just, like, kind of, you know, like, all right, let's okay. do one last match. Okay. And we're going to hug it out. Okay. I take it back now. So mm-hmm. I guess they attempted, right? Yeah. But I feel like they need that. They need mm-hmm. that right now. Yeah, know? even if they combine, I think if they combine, you know, summer shimmer matches, you know, during the AEW show, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Why don't they just use Shimmer's talent, like, just have Shimmer's talent on their shows? Right. Uh, but maybe have their own belt. Right, 
their own women's right like they could create mm-hmm. a heritage type of belt for mm-hmm. shimmer i don't know if they have it i don't i don't know much about shimmer i'm not sure either but i was thinking just more i was thinking AEW's own women's title and just use shimmer's roster that yeah on their shows and maybe just have like one AEW women's title match every time so but I, I think the reason, and, and I thought about this, but I think the reason of, of them not having a women's title is because the women are eligible to win the other title, oh, the main title. Yeah, I like that. So we had, uh, well, talking about Candice, she came back uh, last month and ended a, a match against uh, Callahan. Right. And that was pretty cool. Yep. But uh, yeah, not to get off track. Mm-hmm. What's what was the, what match did we start with? Or <laughs> no, so, with? so I believe DJZ won that yeah. match. But uh, it that match was not advertised. Also, but it was still cool to see. Uh, next was R- Matt Riddle versus the Bro, the Ultimate Bro mm-hmm. versus Jason Kincaid. Never seen Jason Kincaid before. Right, me neither. He was uh he was like a little mountain scrawny, one hundred seventy pound mountain troll. Mm-hmm. Very different, very unique. When he came out first, he just stood on he stood on the top of the turnbuckle like a pencil uh-huh. and waited for Matt Riddle to come out, which was very weird. I thought this match had a lot of storytelling in it because Matt Riddle was like so almost appalled by how weird he was in the uh-huh. So that was really cool. And I think Matt Riddle translates perfectly from – he translated so well from MMA to wrestling. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Like his style is great. He just, he just took the MMA style and became a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Plus, he just seems like a real down-to-earth cool bro to hang out right. with. Right. For sure. So, I thought it was just really cool to see. And Jason Kincaid, I felt, was trying really hard to make an impression. And he was doing all these really weird, unique spots. But it wasn't bad. It it, it was... It paid off, right? So, some of the stuff didn't really make an impact or work. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was cool was he like he shimmied up like one of those wooden poles. And then jumped yeah, yeah, into yeah. the clothesline. And he was doing a lot of stuff like that, and some of the stuff wasn't really impacting, and some of it looked bad. But I can't. It was like a for effort. Like yeah. I can't fault him because it was his first match here. He probably wants more bookings here at AEW, so he was really going all out, and maybe like fifty percent of it hit. But I still think it was the right strategy. In my opinion. yeah, I completely agree. I mean, mm-hmm. him going for for the weird moves you weren't even you weren't really sure about how it was gonna go down. Mm-hmm. You understood the psychology behind it, but right. it, but sometimes he just wasn't executed because it, the, the, he was going for something pretty hard, right? Like very hard stuff, <laughs> right? And uh, so yeah, definitely a for effort, but um, definitely like it's somebody that I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing more often at AEW and and, and seeing like maybe go against one of the killer cults. You know, they're they're kind of yeah. that dark type of, you know. So yeah, I could see him and Dave Chris and Dave Chris just mm-hmm. being. Like a douche about how weird he is. Yeah. And then them playing off of each other. Whereas Matt Riddle was kind of like the... I saw Matt Riddle as like the jock in high school who was just like, what, what is this kid doing? You yeah, know? yeah, Jason for sure. Jason Kincaid was like the geek in school. But Matt Riddle didn't do, didn't do it in like a douchey way. Um, but yeah. Anything else on that match? Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, you know, Matt Riddle, he's now a... Uh, constant with AEW, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, um, you know he had a couple match. He had a, a couple months ago probably had a match against uh, Jeff Cobb, which was fucking amazing. Another clinic. Yeah. In the in the wrestling realm. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, more of Matt. Yeah. So Riddle won with uh with a submission move, but Kincaid got the please come back chance. So I think mission accomplished for him. Next was honestly, 
The, next was a match that a lot of people I thought was going to be better. It was Trevor Lee versus Matt Sindal or Seidel. Seidel. Uh-huh. Seidel. And it actually was for one half or both of the World Tag Team Champions. Yeah, it was it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen this before, right? Where there's um, either Trevor Lee is in the house or um, what's the name of his partner? His tag team partner? Everett, like, um, because last time, like, last couple of shows has been Everett, and, um, he he actually came out yesterday, he was injured, um, Evans, you mean, Evans, yeah, excuse me, Everett is his actual tag team partner, right, they won the belts, and, but Jack Evans mm -hmm. was gonna be, like, a substitute partner, right, 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 so Jack Evans is injured, and he couldn't wrestle, um, so then it just became a one-on-one for the tag team titles, um, it was I, I wasn't feeling it. No, no, I, I and I'm a huge Trevor Lee Mark. Like, yeah, so is so is Greg, and I don't even know how to describe it, but the dance they did a dance off at the beginning, which which Trevor is something Lee really that really they does. like. Mm-hmm. Right, the, Trevor Lee always does it, or or you know Everett, you know they always try to lead it whenever there are matches together, and I feel like they don't always need that. No, like. It works sometimes, and that's why it's funny because you had never seen it before. But now, like you expect it, and here it comes, and it's just gonna be weird. I don't know. I just I'm I'm, I'm over the dancing at the beginning. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like okay. I, if they skip a few shows with, where they're not doing it, and they bring it back, and you know, it's it's something different, something funny that I haven't seen in a while. Like, all right, that's cool. But yeah. yeah. So I I think you're I think that what you're trying to say is almost felt forced this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and I don't know what happened with this match. It was just really slow and not well-paced. And I felt like it just kind of ended with, like, a fisherman suplex right. uh, DDT or Brain Buster. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that's Trevor Lee's finisher or what his finisher is. But I remember after it ended, we I looked at Jim, and Jim was like, what was that? Like, we okay. just expected yeah, well, no, we, well, I think yeah. uh, I heard you saying, like, a fisherman suplex? Is that what is that is that this finisher? It looked like a <laughs> fisherman suplex Brain Buster. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. but uh, So, Lee beat Seidel. Very disappointing though, and then I think that kind of brought the brought the crowd down. And I think at this point, and I'm just being honest here, and I I, I know that I'm being critical, but and I might sound like an AEW hater. Trust me, I'm not. <laughs> but I felt like at this point, the first half of the show was like really subpar. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, and so uh, how I see AEW is like, uh, you know, post Chapa now. Like so, well, when uh, okay. you know. Uh, when Tommaso Ciampa was there, like a huge mark for Ciampa, and mm-hmm. uh, he just brought a different feel to it. And after he's, you know, he, he's, you know, he, now he's at an NXT. Like the the atmosphere feels a little different. Okay. And, and I don't know if you've seen that too, but um, yeah, like for the first part of this show, it was it was weird. It was a little lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not enough enthusiasm from the crowd. Like they yeah. were into it, right? But not many like. Chance and yeah, it's like it wasn't it was in a quiet crowd because it's never a quiet crowd. But right. it, it just felt like people were trying to figure out when was their time to to really embrace the show, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. they'll start off with a kick-ass match that you didn't see coming, yeah, and that fires you up. And then and then the way they structure the card is is enough for you to you know wind down and then pick yourself up so then you could get intermission, right? But this time is like it was just a slow build, and I think this match that that we felt as, as it's weird and not sure how to feel about it, it dropped the crowd. 
yes. for what was coming next. Right. So next was Loki mm-hmm. versus say his name because I don't know how to say uh, it. <laughs> Hijo del Fantasma. Yes. So we'll go AKA King Cuerno. AKA King Cuerno, which I was really excited about. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I, all I wanted was a Cuerno suicide dive and uh-huh. I got it because there was, there's not as much ring around the room around the uh-huh. ring as uh-huh. with Lucha. So like Cuerno can really. Because he could launch himself. You know, yes. I don't know how many feet apart from the ring, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's limits within, right? Uh, you know, the barricade or whatnot with uh, AEW, but yeah, this was one. This was the one I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. What you so? What do you think of it? I, I think it was great. Uh, I was not Same. like I. I guess I expect not even not that I expected, but um, like I expected a little bit more out of Loki, but I know he's coming from an injury. Okay. So, you know, that's that's great. Like they five star match, like it's it's good. Like what I expected. They didn't let me down and uh and I just, you know, hope that uh you know King Cuerno keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see him mm-hmm. come back. Um another great lucha talent that AEW's brought in. I feel like they at one point did they just start grabbing guys who were on Lucha Underground? I think that, so. Okay. So the the first you, that I know mm-hmm. of was you know when they brought uh they started bringing Phoenix and Pentagon, um, mm-hmm. or Penta El Cero M. <laughs> yeah, don't let them don't let them hear you. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, like they were the first guys, and they saw that they 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 were drawing in people. Okay. And, um, so they definitely uh, started bringing more Lucha guys over. They they at least try to have one. Per, per show right so i yeah i wanted to see him come back i thought he did really well he got the please come back chant um low-key gave him props at the end mm-hmm. it's really cool to see low-key because i haven't seen a ton of him and i know he's been literally everywhere and daniel bryan talks about low-key in his audiobook a lot so it's cool oh, really? just to see yeah i actually maybe want to go back and like listen to some of those stories but daniel bryan talked about low-key a good amount and just the matches that he had with him and things of that nature. Yeah. So it's really cool to like see this character brought to life now in front of my eyes, who mm-hmm. I just heard on an audiobook because mm-hmm. I've never seen his stuff. So I thought this match, I thought this match saved the first half, and I thought it was a great ramp up into what happened after intermission. So let's just go right into that. So intermission mm-hmm. happened. Then, so who wins this match? Oh, um, I apologize. Low key won this match. Low key. <laughs> hey, way to keep me on track. Uh, but yes. So the two people who debuted lost their matches, Kincaid, yeah, Phantasma, but they got the bulk out the police come back chat. And that's what that's where your first match that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what you That's want, what you're right? shooting for, yeah. Mm-hmm. So after intermission, Kingston cut a savage promo on the screen. Mm-hmm. He was talking about so apparently and so, so to give you some context, yeah. right? Because so I came in late after intermission. Are you going to talk about his shoot promo or his uh, like work shoot promo, Kingston? Right. So Let's talk about that because I wasn't at mm-hmm. that show. So yeah, yeah. So it was mm-hmm. last month's show. It was a, it was a match versus it was a cage match, I think. I can't. It was homicide, was in the match, versus one of the killer cults, I believe. Okay. Um, you know, and, and long story short. The match finishes, but with uh, interference from um, what's his name? Abyss. Abyss, right? Yes. So Abyss comes in and interferes in the match or whatnot, and it seems like Abyss injures um, Homicide. So okay. then, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out and he's checking on him, but then he like cuts a, a 
a shoot promo, right? Like, you don't know. Like, at first, you're like, oh, shit. Like, he's really hurt. He's injured. Okay. And what's going on? And then Eddie's like, he's calling out for Danny Daniels. Who's, yeah. You know, AW. The booker from uh-huh. mm-hmm. Or owner, he, maybe. Yeah, he's calling show. calling mm-hmm. him out and, and talking, like, cursing, talking at him, like, talking shit at him. And, and it's like, oh, you fucking unprofessional people, blah, blah, blah. And so he, he storms out and leaves the crowd. In a, and this is the opening match. So then, like, from the beginning, the crowd's like, "Oh, what the fuck is going on?" And I had it, it's when I had the you know first timers there, and right. they're like, "Oh, bro, like what happened? Like, you know, is there a storyline behind yeah. this?" Or, and he didn't use a mic, right? So he was no, just yelling. Right. right? He was just yelling and and, and cursing people out. Uh, so then we get this this promo before you know after intermission. So mm-hmm. what goes down there? So uh, he was censoring himself at first, uh-huh. and he referenced how. That he was yelling at Danny Daniels, and then he just started saying the F word, and then uh-huh. he just started saying the F word in the promo. But he went into a lot of stuff that I felt was very real. It was a very shooty promo again. Mm-hmm. He didn't really attack Danny Daniels or AEW. I mean, I, I believe he did, but most of the things that stuck out were attacking uh, the Killer Cult. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how Homicide was his mentor, and without no Homicide, there wouldn't be a Kingston, and how. He's been off his meds, so he's dealing with depression and anger, mm-hmm. and how now he's on TV, like TV now, I guess with TNA. Mm-hmm. That you know, that's something that he thought he never accomplished. It was like almost like a short summary of his life and just all the shit he goes mm-hmm. through. But he was he was just calling Sammy just real bad stuff and like his little you know f boys, mm-hmm. uh, the you know, the killer cult. So it was just it, it was like honestly the combination of probably low keys match and this really picked the crowd back up. Yeah. And then it went straight into once uh, Zachary once, who I was calling Pete once, who looks uh-huh. like Pete once, and the guy from Fall Out Boy, and um, excuse me, Desmond Xavier versus Cage and Elgin. Mm-hmm. And that match was awesome. Right. That match was awesome. Um, I got a really good footage which I, that I can post on. I believe I, I did post it on Twitter. And Xavier, Desmond Xavier and Zachary once both responded to it, but... I just want to go right into the finish. The finish was a ger- Zachary Runs took a German suplex and then a, a vicious uh, like German into a net breaker from mm-hmm. Cage and then a powerbomb from Elgin after he took like four moves before that. So it was like overkill finish, but it was yeah. hysterical and the guy like the crowd loved it. Yeah, that uh, see and, and that so I didn't know this Zachary guy before. Neither did I. Yeah. Um, so it was like okay, a new name on the card. Let's see what's up. But yeah, like, and, and so I have, um, you know, Elgin and 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 uh, Cage. I'm like, they're they're bulkier guys versus yeah. like, to what you would expect. Like, well, we know Desmond. Like, he's you know crazy athletic. Yes. Um, and then this this guy is also you know new to the card, and he looks you know slimmer, and you know you you assume he's you know a fast paced you know trying to do crazy flying moves or something like that mm-hmm. um so trying to see those those two type of um wrestlers go at it right know? right i was like I, I was skeptical to see how that was going to turn out but it was the perfect match yeah it really was the perfect match because and this is the same it's almost the if you relate to wwe it's the kalisto ryback combination like right back really <laughs> yeah and let me tell you why so um they had good matches they yeah. had decent matches in wwe not to bring up the big guy but it's that same type of concept your high flyer needs to land on a huge base right yeah. and 
I when Elgin and Cage came out together, it, that was the most massive team put together <laughs> yeah. I've ever witnessed in my life. They were huge and could probably crush my head if they mm-hmm. wanted to. So they were they were catching and flipping and throwing Xavier and Wentz all around the ring, and they did one cool spot where they they Elgin picked up um, Xavier for a vertical suplex, and then they were tagging each other in, and they were oh, just, they like, were holding them up, yeah. yeah, holding them up, switching back and forth. So, like, really cool stuff like that can only be done if those two, like you said, mm-hmm. those two type of wrestlers are in the ring together. Yeah. So, it was the perfect matchup, I thought. Um, Abyss versus Kingston. I have a question from Jim, and I want, mm-hmm. I'm want i going to ask you this question. Okay. Jim's question, phone it, he phoned it in. <laughs> he goes, what does anyone see in Eddie, Eddie Kingston? Jim is not a fan. He is not a fan. and So, 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 so uh-huh. make a case. Do you, want, do you want to make a case for Eddie here? Um, I'll, yes, and okay. I don't because I don't know much about Kingston, right? Okay, my, so my Kingston uh, experience was AEW, and when I saw Kingston, he was in a feud versus Ethan Page for the title. Okay, um, and to me, like I, I was there to see other matches, like, and to me, those were really downers. Like, uh, they grew on me eventually, but this feud lasted for a couple of months. Um, so I was like, you know, Eddie's like, he wasn't clicking with me. Okay. But once I got introduced to, you know, homicide and well, it was Eddie and homicide and like, okay, I see what they're trying to do. Character development or whatnot. Like now, now it clicks. It makes sense. And Mm -hmm. yeah, they might, they're not meant to be liked. Right. Even though, even though they're, they might be in a baby face role, you know, going against the super hated Callahan and his posse, mm-hmm. they're still not meant to be liked. Okay, that's interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, you know, uh, Homicide comes out with, you know, his weapons or secret, you know, shanks and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so everybody loves blood, right? Like, everybody's like, oh, he's cutting them open or whatever. Yeah. But then you bring in low key also to the mix, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I really enjoy it. And then, so I not just get captivated by. By Kingston, but it's like is now the storyline of okay they're going against these guys and I don't know like there's something there that like slowly but surely like okay I'm 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 on Kingston's so, side. So you like you like the posse more than just maybe yeah than him individual. alone yeah okay. him alone was not clicking for me at all okay um, but I know he's been in the game for many years mm-hmm. um, I was watching Road Diaries uh, the Cole Cabana the Road Diaries yeah which I still need to watch yeah. I want to watch so those. I have. The first one and the funny equals money, which is the the recent one. Okay, I haven't watched the the number two, um, but in that first one you see Eddie, uh, you know, and this is documented where the one with uh, Daniel Bryan is part of that one. Is he the first one? Yeah, I need to get so that. I need to get I'll, that. Like, I'll now. let you borrow it if you want to have him. Um, we'll see. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, like I would see Kingston there, like so I'm like, okay, so this guy. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, so this guy's been you know at this for for quite some right, time. Right, right, right. But the funny thing is that you know now that you mention it, like I like I saw Kingston back then as Kingston now, like there there's not much difference. Okay. In the character of, of who he's trying to portray. Okay. Right. So he's been constant, I guess, and now he's in TNA. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm not a huge fan, but I I, I support him. Okay. Right? Yeah, I I think I'm I think I'm with you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and character progression might be good or bad depending on your opinion, but. I think Eddie Kingston is just really good at being himself, 
but mm-hmm. is himself a a wrestler that can get over, you know, with some people. Yeah. That's my thing. Like I think I think what you see is actually who he is, mm-hmm. which is usually a good thing. But the fact that it's not not clicking right away with some is mm-hmm. a little sketchy. But so I guess my my thing would be like props for to him being himself and being and persevering for a long career. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, I think I'm I'm just not sold. I'm not yeah, 100% if it's, sold. Because I think my first uh, cage match at AEW was uh, Kingston versus Ethan. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was just like, that was the main event. And like, yeah, Kingston by himself, I, I'm not sure I dig. Okay. But, you know, with with the with this crew, and I, we still can't remember the name of what they call themselves. Yeah, I can't um, remember. Someone help us out if you're listening. <laughs> um, but really quick to touch on how the match ended. Uh, there was a tax spot of this mm-hmm. chokeslam Kingston onto the tax after they were fighting in the crowd for a while, which they, they went right past us. I got some sweaty, some abyss sweat on my uh-huh. hand. Um, and then it went into the main event. Um, so to answer Jim's, Jim's question, actually, let's put that out to the viewers to answer mm-hmm. Jim's question. What are you seeing Eddie Kingston? Make listeners. a case for him. The listeners, excuse <laughs> me. Um, the listeners. Or if this becomes a YouTube video, yeah, you're, right. you're technically yeah. viewing. I, I don't know if I'm video. being recorded. I don't see no, the camera. Right. <laughs> I'm not recording <laughs> you right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's the listeners. Good call. So let us know what you think about Eddie Kingston. Make a case for him. Love, hate. Um, either way, give him props for his hard work. But I would like to know your opinion, listener, right. um, on Eddie Kingston. So, main events. This main event, let me just say that I personally think that Sammy could tell. That during the first half of the show, the crowd was dead. Mm-hmm. And I think Sammy probably rallied the troops backstage, or maybe they all rallied each other. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give credit to any one individual. And they said, We're going to tear this house down. This was a six man tornado tag. I don't know if it was meant to be a tornado tag, but no one got tagged in. Right. It was just a massacre <laughs> of bodies and spots and crazy shit. It was Ray Phoenix, AR Fox, and ACH, current Heritage Champion, versus. Killer Cult, which is Sammy, Dave, and Jake Christ. Mm-hmm. Madness, insanity, 1,500 bicycle kicks, super kicks. Super kicks, right. Um, 450 splashes, a synchronized. Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, I think, hurt his wrist. He jumped on everyone. I don't even know what the move's called, but he was basically pirouetting in the air, mm-hmm. spinning, and yeah. like overshot the crowd and landed almost on the rail, on the gate, or mm-hmm. the... The guardrail, insane. I don't even. How would you describe this match? Um, it was more than than what I expected, right? Because I told you, like, oh, I wasn't a big fan of these, you know, tag matches as a main event. Right, right. right. And there's no title defense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have ACH, you have AR Fox, and you have Phoenix, right? Like, right off the back, like that to me is like, okay, that's gonna be good. That's an I'm athletic a, team, right? The mm-hmm. athletic team. But then you have the Killer Cult, who you fucking love to hate. Like, they're so good. Yes, correct. They're so good. Mm-hmm. You know, not just Callahan, but, you know, everybody. Even the, what is it, JT, JTG? JT Davidson. Or JT Davidson, yeah. Yeah, their manager. Their manager. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from him introducing them to, um, like, the, the, the whole thing, everything. That match had everyone in there for a reason. And, right. And it fucking made a count. Like, it was, it was good. It was mm-hmm. more than... Than I, I was initially giving them props for. Right. And I would just try to look for gifs of this match on Twitter. Oh, yeah. If you can. But I, there's no way to really describe it except just chaos and fury. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the art of war. The art of war. That was a war. That was <laughs> yeah. the art of war. 
it really symbolized the entire pay-per-view, what the entire, entire pay-per-view meant to be. And Phoenix gets the pinfall on Sammy, right? Mm-hmm. So predictions, they're, they, after, let's go back to the low-key match. Uh-huh. An announcer came out and said that low-key, you're now a contender for the AEW championship. Yep. Phoenix now has the pinfall on Sammy. Where do they go from here? If they they want to prolong it, they could have a low key and Phoenix match, which I think will be great. Number one contender. Yeah, for a number one contender. Um, but it's so if, if we you know really look at the thread of uh, Sammy and, and and Phoenix, it is a long thread. Like ever since back in the in that, yeah. that show that, that we were talking about. Good call. Uh, where uh, Sammy was doing the mask collector thing. Right. Right, he he took Pentagon's mask, and then that and that uh, Bearwind show, he had taken uh, Phoenix's Phoenix's mask, correct? Abyss's mask, who's now Abyss is part of the Killer Cult yep. here now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think it's it will if it culminates to a uh, Sammy versus Phoenix. Uh, I want to say Phoenix goes over and well deserved uh, AEW champion because. Mm-hmm. Um, Initially, like I would never have thought that they would give a title to one of these uh, considered luchadors, lucha guys, because right. they're it's expensive to bring them from Mexico. There's that and the other, but one yeah. of to some background on that. Um, so Phoenix stopped being Phoenix and is now Ray Phoenix. Correct. Left AAA, got his name, um, all the legalese in place. Um, he's you know still part of the lucha brand, the lucha mm-hmm. underground brand. Um, and he is now, I think he lives in San Francisco. Okay. Um, so if, you know, as constant as he has been in AEW, I would assume that uh, I wouldn't put it past AEW to make him champion in, in the next couple of months. That was great. I think when uh, Penta won the belt, no one expected it. Yeah. Right? So I love now, now it's kind man. of, it's possible for anyone, mm-hmm. any of these Lucha guys. And then if we also go, uh, um, also take a, another trip back to, um, uh, in Logan Squaratorium, Zack Sabre Jr. declared himself as he's been fighting for, you know, so long at AEW and mm. had great matches. So he considered himself also like, I'm going to come back and I want a title shot. Um, but they also have. So then Elgin comes in and is like, well, if you think you, you're going to get a shot, you need to get past me. So I don't know if they're going to continue that. Right. And then now you have what these Four guys was Elgin and uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Phoenix, and Low-Key and dubbing themselves. Well, Low-Key actually got announced as right. as the number one contender. But these other guys who are you know top talent that could have possibly carried the title for a while. Yeah. I want to point out that they didn't say number one contender. They said a contender. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's the way I heard yeah, yeah, it. Unless yeah. you heard it differently. But so maybe they'll do a... A little four-man bracket, or maybe mm-hmm. they throw them all in one match, like ZSJ and Elgin, winner of that, the same night faces the winner of Loki yeah. and Phoenix. Uh, but I think to, I think you brought up a really good point, and props to Sammy for doing this. I feel like uh, he, I feel like he puts a lot of effort in everything he does. Yeah, he has his own promotion. Uh, the 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 he has a podcast. Like his his whole personal brand is really good. Callahan has a podcast. I believe he does. I, I believe know he that. does. Yeah, let, let me. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, if, no, the he has the the pro wrestle is a pro wrestling pro revolver or correct was, correct mm-hmm. revolver is his his company. He's he sold me a couple of DVDs because he didn't yeah. have change supposedly. <laughs> so he's like, I'll throw in this for you. I'm like, oh, all right, nice. thanks for the deal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Good guy. Yeah. Uh, but props to him for 
You're right. Mm-hmm. You, you you made a great point with how long he's been kind like Phoenix has been kind of chasing him. Yeah. He, he that's and that's and that that's to the point that's to my point of my criticism of AEW is that there isn't long-term storylines. Mm-hmm. But Sammy does kind of have one with Phoenix. Yeah. Sammy with, with the, well, the mass stealer mm-hmm. and then the match where he won his belt back, Phoenix and Penta were in that match, yeah, which I yeah. didn't see. Um, so he kind of does have already this built-in long-term storyline mm-hmm. with Phoenix. So that would be cool to see Phoenix then beat a low-key, a ZSJ, or an Elgin, and then take the belt from Sammy. But either way, like Sammy is just... He can't have the belt or can't, but he's just always going to be awesome yeah. in AEW. So, um, so yeah, that was it was it was a great show. I and paid twenty bucks for GA. AEW is really I feel like they're very smart. They're very well run promotion, and I enjoyed I enjoyed right. everything. And now so. they just introduced the the seating chart, so you get to pick wherever you want to sit. Yeah, ticket. Uh, shout out to Ticket Leap. Yeah, Ticket um, Leap. Who's who's uh, their ticket provider or their you know, you buy tickets off of a ticket mm-hmm. leap kind of URL with AW in it. So I don't know what the right word for that is. I should, <laughs> I should know. Um, so yeah, any closing things or, or remarks you wanted to make? Uh, regarding a, the, the, the show, I mean, like I said, AW never disappoints me. I've never been to, you know, I've, and I've been, I, I've had front row, second row. Correct. Uh, I've been up on, on stage seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and even GA, like, no matter what price the, the ticket is, you're going to get your money money's worth and more. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, huge supporter. And, and I think, so just, you know, because we talk, we're talking about AEW, I think it also spoils us. Um, I've been to other, um, you know, indie promotions um, nearby, and like I, I don't want to. I go with that mindset of I don't want to compare this to AEW, but I still do to a degree. Hundred percent. And it affects the way I see things. Right. 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 Like it, I don't want to do that because I know AEW. AEW has been doing this for for a long, long periods of time, and. They've tried different venues, you know. They are always sticking with Berwyn as home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's gonna be a show in Rosemont this year uh, with Wait. AEW. Yeah. Where? Uh, I don't know. Is Rosemont something? I, I don't know. Oh. But, um, obviously, it's not gonna be the Allstate. But, oh yeah, I know. I knew that. <laughs> um, but still, it would be cool to know where. Um, so they're they're expanding. They're trying to do things, and they're yep. growing. Um, and 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 yeah, they spoiled me so much that. Anytime I go to another promotion, I'm always comparing it to, is it at you know AEW standard? You know, it's really show. true. I would agree with everything you said. I would say say we are spoiled. Like, thank you if you work for AEW and you're listening yeah, to this. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for the like the the class and the quality of product and the talent and the production value and and the staff like always yes. super friendly. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a lady working the popcorn stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was popping more popcorn, so I came back, mm-hmm. and then I came back later. And even though it's a buck, right? Yeah. But she still wanted to give me the popcorn for free. I'm like, no, it's a dollar. But yeah. just like, you know, she she wanted to do that. Yeah. So like anyone that they're, and I don't know if that person works for AW or the bar, but either way, like, like it's still part of the show, and right. um, yeah, it's it's great. Can 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 complain about anything really aside. Yeah, we want to pick Nick and you know talk about long storylines or whatnot, but yeah. You know, as a indie promotion, um, it's by far the best I've I've been to. Yes, we are very fortunate to live in the area that we live in. Yeah. So, um, so thank you for listening to this episode to Heels in a Face. Uh, before we go, Chris, 
Shameless plugs. Tell the people where you are. Uh, you know, I just want to touch on and say one thing. I'm really glad that we have you on and that you're contributing because it's almost like the two heels and and a face expansion. Like we have mm-hmm. Greg Piatoni who watches a ton of New Japan and can educate me on that. And then you're a huge uh, AAA lucha like CMML, CMLO. You mm-hmm. have that that heritage and that background. So I feel like we're kind of like dividing and conquering on our all of our wrestling knowledge and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So. Uh, we need really... to get somebody from the European side. Yeah, <laughs> we need to get a British guy on the <laughs> right. show or something like that. Uh, but yeah, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I am on Twitter uh, at JP Wrestling Fan. Um, currently, you know, I have JPWF, which stands for Just Another Pro Wrestling Fan. Uh, mm-hmm. We're you know trying to figure out what we actually are. Okay. <laughs> um, it takes time. So yeah, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, uh, let's let's talk on Twitter and uh, you know. Props to AEW. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, we had a Snapchat filter at the show. That's right. Yeah. And Chris Chris is a marketing guy and a very did a very good job of promoting the podcast. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, taking Snapchats, taking pictures, putting, sending them on Twitter. Cuerno retweeted us. Yeah. Um, Xavier and Wentz retweeted us. So thank you, wrestlers, for do, for doing that. Uh, but yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, coming to my humble abode and talking about some AEW. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite, bro. Anytime. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this review of AAW's Art of War and for listening to the podcast. There was one spot I wanted to touch on before I go, and it was a very hysterical spot that made me chuckle. Abyss tried to throw a bag of tacks into the ring during his match against Eddie Kingston, and he carelessly tossed it, and the bag of tacks opened prematurely, so there was tacks on the ring apron before they were supposed to be um, you know, put, on, put onto the mat. And... The crowd started chanting, you fucked up. And it felt like to me that Abyss was pissed about it because after he sprawled the tax everywhere, he went back to the to the apron and started flicking off the crowd and chanting, you fucked up right back to us. So I just wanted to touch on that spot because I thought it was hysterical. Probably maybe laughed the loudest out of the entire show. Um, but please, if you are local, you're listening to this and you're local, please go to an AAW show if you can. They have been running them and expanded into LaSalle, Illinois, which is a good drive. Illinois has a lot of rural area, and it's going to take you a while to get out there if you're from Chicago. But they also run at least one show a month in either Berwyn, Logan Square, or Marionette Park, which is on the south side of Chicago. So please go to a show if you can. If you see us there, please say hi to us, Chris and myself. If you are at a show and we're running a Snapchat filter, please use it again because I thought that was a really fun way for us to interact. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. You can give us some love on iTunes with a listen, a share, or a heart. Um, Excuse me, give us some love on SoundCloud with all those things. You can give us a review on iTunes or subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at Two Heels and a Face. Uh, We have a Facebook page as well. Uh, But most of all, thank you for listening, and we will hope you contribute to the conversation. So if you have any thoughts on Eddie Kingston, any thoughts on AEW, really any thoughts at all, please tweet us and we can talk about it. Thanks for listening.